0: the mysteries of Gravity Falls creep into the non-animated world, this is the Gravity Bros Podcast. I'm Alec Hester, and I am joined, of course, by my brother Lucas. How are you? I'm great. How are you, sir? Doing quite well, but I'm especially excited today, Lucas, because we have a special guest. The very first time we have ever had a guest on either our YouTube channel or our podcast It is my friend Felipe Shimon. How are you?
1: Hello, hello. I was traveling through Oregon, and I saw this weird city, and I decided to come by stop through. Um, I'm doing
0: well. How are you two? Oh, well, we are doing fantastic. Um, for those who don't know, Felipe is the reason that we are podcasting in the first place here, because you uh, and I are part of, I guess, kind of a subculture survivor community that I'm assuming many of Lucas and I's fans won't know that much about, uh, called the Rob Has a Podcast universe. and. You came to us because you were kind of working on your own podcast network, and you wanted to see if we would do one for the Brazilian Dragon uh, Podcast Network, (laughs) which is uh, what I always reference at the end of every episode. Um, And I I know that you celebrated your 100th episode recently. Congratulations on that.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: And something Uh... that was interesting to me about that podcast is that you had your brother on it, right? Right.
1: Yeah, yeah, we well, he came on episode 101, just as like a second, it's a celebration part two, yeah.
0: Gotcha, okay, so I'm one yeah. off, the reason I'm curious about that is because Lucas and I talk a lot about Gravity Falls, and how we kind of relate to the sibling dynamic between uh, Mabel and Dipper. Yeah. I was curious if you, having a brother, you re- have related to anything in the series that you've watched as a result of being siblings um i
1: definitely can relate to aspects of it like uh traveling somewhere for uh the holidays and like the dynamic changes on vacation i feel like i don't know if you can relate to this like you have a dynamic at home but then on vacation there's like a it's like slightly altered um for whatever reason um
0: i don't know if that's something you can relate to but yeah Yeah, like like the mentality changes when the family is going somewhere yeah I, i know what you mean yeah
1: yeah, so I can relate at times. I'm still trying to say, I think if I had to pick one, I stand Mabel more, but I know that I'm more of a dipper, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I think that Lucas and I both feel that way at different times during the show, whereas we would like to see ourselves more in a Mabel mold, but we can default yeah. to the dipper way of doing things uh, And don't get me often. wrong, I see myself
1: in Mabel at times, but I feel like, as a whole, I relate more to dipper than Mabel.
0: Sure. Yeah. yeah, I think I think my policy is uh, when Dippers likable, I relate to him, and when Mabel's likable, I relate to Mabel. That's what yes. I'm going with.
1: So you're saying that <laughs> when Dippers chasing after Wendy, that's that's when you most relate to him. That you know? is when like, I do not like, relate at yeah. all.
0: Exactly. Yeah, someone's been watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. I love it. Um. Well, <laughs> Levi, I'm a little bit curious about your Gravity Falls experience because I believe that you've started watching the show recently. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I watched it all within the last month because you were doing this podcast and I was like, okay, I'm going to going to binge listen to like the first three episodes, but I was like, wait, but I actually kind of want to watch the show. And I was hesitant because I don't do spooky. Like horror stuff does <laughs> not does not vibe with me. But I'm like, well, this is a cartoon. If I can do the Scooby-Doo movies, which I do love. Oh uh, yeah. Alec was like, yeah, you can watch this. You'll be fine. And then I asked Alec like, Okay, I'll watch, I'll tell, I told them I was going to watch a couple episodes every night, and I like burned through this within two weeks. Um, So I recently watched it all, but I will tell you, I barely remembered this episode. I thought I remembered it, but then watching it last night, I was like, I did not remember a lot of this. So I'm going to set us dig into it and pick it apart with you all.
0: Nice. So it's interesting that you say that, because my first experience watching Gravity Falls was also kind of on a binge. And yeah. I am feeling that there are some episodes as we have gone through where I've remembered them really well because I felt like maybe we just watched the one that night, but maybe some that we've accelerated through, it's almost like I'm watching for the very first time. Uh, yeah.
1: So my assumption is, because uh, I remember I did not watch the the next episode the same night that I watched, because I was like, oh, this one sounds spooky. I gotta, I got to watch it during the daytime um so i then I, this was probably the last that i watched in a set of episodes like all in a binge so maybe that's why it's a little fog because i remember the time travel pig really well like when you were talking about that on the podcast so this one just probably was like the end of a long night of binging
0: yeah well, nice. there's a lot in this one too you yeah know, there's so many things that happen and it's edited in a very quick style so there i think that i had just forgotten how much was jam-packed in this episode like especially the smaller details like i was like i did not remember this
1: at all like i could tell you the basic plot like oh they had the little uh crystal gems that uh yeah uh, shrink and and grow them but because i remember looking at the title of the episodes and then reading the wikipedia summaries when alec gave me a couple options i was like oh i like this one i remember they shrink and grow and then i was watching it last night i was like
0: Wow, I don't remember this episode at all. Yeah, yeah. what happened here? Well, I, I feel like that's a really nice transition to talk about the episode itself and recap it a little bit. So, we kick off on our cold open, and we see Gideon for the first time in a while. At least the first time where he's uh, heavily involved in the plot, right? I wanted he's to throw plotting up. Reven- was that Lucas?
1: I wanted to throw up. That was me. <laughs> uh, I am not a Gideon fan. Like, you mentioned that he's like, they got away with making a cult leader a child and he he just like so on the on the nail movies podcast that we do we talk about unhinged movies from our childhood um (laughs) naomi likes to say that she has a drop kick
0: award for every movie and gideon is one who i would like to drop kick oh that is absolutely the winner in this there's some other contenders but i would agree with you i think gideon is definitely the most drop kickable He's so drop-kickable. Oh my goodness, that's so interesting. Like, I can't <laughs> picture another character in the whole show that just fits that mold exact, or really any works of fiction whatsoever. Yes. He's very droppable, just based on size. It's <laughs> <That's> convenient. <Yeah. laughs> Don't make it's that true. joke about Dipper. He'll be insecure. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes, okay, which is a, a great point because Dipper, of course, in this episode is very, very self-conscious about his height. Dipper and Mabel are playing chess here in the beginning, and Suze is asking for Mabel's help to reach for something, but Dipper is not going to be as useful because he's shorter by apparently one millimeter, and he is hot and bothered by this.
1: So can I ask between the two of you, who's taller? Because I'm the big brother, but my brother's three inches taller than me.
0: Okay, so it's really funny that you say this, because I feel like on- I don't remember if it was YouTube or this podcast- uh, we discussed that I'm approximately one inch taller, and Lucas did seem pretty bothered by it, if I have to say so, bro. I was just going to pretty much make that exact same point, but without referencing it in the past and just doing it right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think he's probably an inch taller, and I'm salty. <laughs> are you, yeah, are so- you both
1: tall tall? Like, are you, like, or are you, like, average? Or are Very you out. compact kings? I'm 5'11". Okay, so... So
0: he calls that average, and then I'm six foot, and he thinks it's tall. I'm 6'1",
1: so- and my brother's, like, 6'4",
0: so... Yeah, like uh, I feel, oh. I feel short.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm the Jeez, shortest person.
0: Short. All right, I relate now to the episode. Short at six one. Okay, that's why. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Seuss is actually pretty sympathetic when Mabel starts making fun of Dipper, and then Grungle Stan comes in and joins in. And I feel like Seuss is really cool in this moment i agree yeah. seuss is cool throughout this episode i've loved seuss in this
1: it took me a minute to warm up to seuss because i remember listening by the time that i was binging your podcast you hadn't done a ton yet so i remember you mentioned and i wasn't super into the show yet uh and i was like seuss is fine i don't get what lucas specifically is like all in about but then like he, as i watched more and more i was like oh no i get it i get the seuss hype <laughs> uh and like I feel so bad for the dude because he's like, Oh, we can't make jokes at Dipper's expense, but like doing so he says like a tiny or a short like he uses one of those words and Greco Stan, Stan is like, Oh, even Seuss is in on it.
0: And I felt bad for the dude. Because he was yeah. just trying to help out his friend. Well, in, in the the read that he gives right after that is just so like genuinely emotional, like, no, wait, no, I'm really trying to help out Dipper. I'm so sorry. Yeah. He really tries to recover and you feel for him. You're like, oh no, Seuss. <laughs> Seuss is a very genuine character, um, yeah. But unfortunately, he's unable to put a stop to it because they just assume that he's playing along with them. And Dipper decides that he's going to check Journal Three to find out about height-altering properties that are deep in the Gravity Falls forest. So he travels, finds some tiny animals, and <laughs> there's a good li- there's a good line where there's a mountain lion. There he goes. Oh, is that mountain lion tiny or just far away in perspective? <laughs> yeah and uh it's a real map it was far away in perspective (laughs) it was but it lunges and shrinks because there is a size prism and that is where we get the crux of the episode so have you guys seen
1: rick and morty i have not that's another i feel like there's a couple shows that i need to watch in the animated world yeah uh that's one of them i've seen community which is the same guy but, yeah
0: but... yeah totally okay um the, just because in there's a rick and morty episode that has like the size ray gun and it looks very similar and the writer of rick and morty and uh gravity falls went to school together and had a lot of influence in each other's writing styles so i wouldn't yeah. be surprised if this was something they had a conversation about and both made their own concept in their own show uh yeah it's that's just interesting a... and i of course am less familiar with rick and morty but lucas is an aficionado i would say <laughs> yeah.
1: uh i know there's a uh, pickle rick that's like a very popular meme, I guess. Yes.
0: I know, I want to know what Pickle Rick is. I've seen this too. Lucas, could you explain for the novices? Absolutely not. You, ha- you, ha- you have an education <laughs> that I have to take you through. I will not explain anything to you until we watch okay, the episode. My
1: assumption is <laughs> that Pickle Rick is just like they get in some sort of like weird body changing device and he turns into a pickle at some point.
0: Technically, what happens is Rick turns himself into a pickle, but it's so much more than that. Okay. <laughs> All right, good. Well, in this case, uh, Dipper, I guess, is not turning himself into a pickle. Maybe just a dick. Ah! But I don't... <laughs> was that what ah. you were teeing yourself up for with that? <laughs> it was. You know, I wasn't until I said it, so oh, yeah, we'll okay. call it a tee-up. Well, it was uh, good. I'm, I'm satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that we can make that past the censors. Um. <laughs> So Dipper basically takes some rocks from the prism to create a flashlight that he can use to either shrink or grow things. early insight from Journal 3, apparently this thing only works on living things, so he would not be able to do it on any kind of a prop, which, I don't know, I find that kind of interesting. I think it's interesting that we do have power limits that are defined for stuff like this, because, like, a lot of people, I think, would criticize it for just being completely nonsensical, but I think it's not, and I think that those little power system things actually matter towards giving the show a little bit more, like, that suspension of disbelief feeling that you can fall into, you know? Yeah. Yeah, love it. So, Dipper, he starts growing with this thing and kind of just shows up and is like, oh, you know, I'm a little bit taller now. And uh, Mabel is not buying it. She knows this kid. She knows her brother and he knows all about Mysteries of Gravity Falls. So I love this. She thinks that there's a wizard in the closet. That's her first theory. That, that, of all things to go to first, we're talking about an invisible wizard.
1: I loved it. I, I was giggling. I was like, oh, Mabel, you silly goose. Um, looking for queer (laughs) wizards in
0: Gravity Falls. Yeah, (laughs) and Mabel shines a lot in this one too with those, every little thing that Mabel says is just delivered perfectly. Like, oh, an invisible wizard. I get you now, Dipper, you know? (laughs) Yeah, so actually something that's interesting about this too is that when she opens the closet to unveil the so-called invisible wizard, the plaid shirt in there is apparently the one that Alex Hirsch the creator, always wears in real life. So they were poking a little bit at him by putting uh, this exact plaid shirt in that closet. And I love little uh, details like that. Oh, because he's the writer. So he's the invisible wizard orchestrating the events of the show. Uh? uh? Oh, I hope that is the case. So I hate to do this, but now you made me think about it. I think that your theory might be real. Because the cipher this week, skip ahead 30 seconds if you want to solve it, is decoded as the invisible wizard is watching. So they are definitely playing with the idea. Why not have it be Alex Hirsch himself? Wow, That's, that is a cool idea. Dang. I wonder if there's any uh, like confirmation on that online that I can find later.
1: Remind me, there's no invisible episode, right? With all the shenanigans they get up to in this show. There's no episode where they turn invisible.
0: Actually, that's interesting. If they've never explored that at all, I am a little bit surprised, because it feels like the kind of thing that would be perfect for Gravity Falls. And the show is very, like, ingenious in a lot of ways, but they can also play on those tropes. Uh, But they do it in a new and better inventive way, in my opinion. So, uh, I I mean, I can see a world where that happens. Yeah, I mean, they tackle a lot of, like, Twilight zone concepts like you know the wax figure was something that i've seen in both twilight zone and uh the night gallery if anybody knows those old shows that i'm talking about i know the twilight zone not yes. Nice. yes i don't know the Night gallery that went above my head it was like a spinoff black and white same kind of deal with the you know like episodic horror stories that were kind of weird and metaphysical yeah. sometimes but yeah i liked how uh gravity falls takes a lot of that and i feel like there's got to be some invisible thing that I'm forgetting about, but I don't know. They only had two seasons, so they couldn't get to everything. Sure. At least we have the wizard. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so, so something that we alluded to in the very beginning was the fact that Gideon is very heavily involved in this episode. I thought you were so, going to say uh, heavily kickable. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm not going to get over that now that we've gone there, to be honest with you. Cold, the cold open that we referenced earlier, uh, it, it sort of set up everything that we were about to get, was that Gideon is plotting this revenge. And he was looking through Journal 2, which we remember uh, exists. Um, we don't know where Journal 1 is yet, we just know that he had that one. And he wants to take over the Mystery Shack. Early in the episode, he had tried to scam Grunkle Stan by having like a fake uh, prize that he won and he was going to sign a fake check, but Stan was smart enough to like read all over it and just wrote like, suck a lemon, little man. By the way, I was blown away that Stan was that good at reading through the scam. Me too. I was going to say that was a really good joke because they really led you to believe that Stan was 100% going to fall for it immediately. And he 100% did it. And it actually makes sense that he didn't because he should be the king of scams. He should recognize that from a mile away. And that's kind of awesome. I liked that. It was a great accent for his character to start off the episode. Yeah, it felt very, like, you said that
1: he read it and my interpretation wasn't even that. I just assumed he, like, is wary of everyone. But uh, I also want to live in the universe where he's a fast reader, so. um, But I I, I just assumed he was (laughs) wary of uh, of like any sort of contracts. And they were kind of like, you have to sign this. And so he was he was uh, hesitant.
0: That's a great point. My first inclination was this is out of character, but then I thought about it more. I'm like, no, Stan is the king of scams. So if anybody's gonna be able to sniff one out in two seconds, it's kind of him. This is important because now we're going to start this plot of Gideon just going to the mystery shack over and over to try these new types of ways to get one over on Grunkle Stan. So this time he shows up at the door with some Egyptian super termites to devour it. And that is thwarted in like two seconds. It just takes Stan like distracting him and sending the termites after him instead. It just seems clear that Gideon's bad at this. You know, something that I think is really interesting in this episode is when we get this intro and Gideon says like, zombies don't take orders. And we see that he has the second book. Like that is a major reveal. That is like Gideon is shaping up to look like the main series villain. You know? Is this
1: the first indication that he has Journal 2, or was that in the first episode he was in too?
0: It was in the first episode, okay. so, but but it was at the very end. So, okay. so, Good yeah. correction did... on me on that. Mm-hmm. So not a complete reveal, but even still, like... A reminder. Yeah, that, that he's kind of... Sh- they're kind of trying to shape him up as, like, the villain. We don't really have an alternative mainstay villain right now. And we're also getting him still being kind of silly and failing a lot. And I think that I kind of almost don't know how to feel about him as a villain at this point in the series when that's going on. You know what I mean? Can I throw out a hot take to you both? I, I hate Gideon. Obviously, we we've established that he's drop kickable. I really like him in this episode as a villain. I actually think that at like he's he served creepy. his like, plot he has,
1: well. He has one throwaway line about like Mabel be my princess or whatever. But, like, otherwise, he's, like, not super creepy, which I did appreciate compared to the first episode he was in.
0: Because that's what makes it cringy and fully intolerable, as opposed to being, oh, like, this is a villain who I'm supposed to hate, but I can enjoy hating, at least. Yeah,
1: all his worst attributes aren't really in this episode, like, his culty-leaderness or his, like, deep, deep incel behavior.
0: Yeah, so we get some more of Gideon when he goes angrily back to his dad's used car lot, really little character moment here. So he walks into his house and his mom has like a resting panic face. And in like three seconds, you get like 20 years of story that is obviously played for a gag, but is very impactful to me.
1: Yeah, Gideon's abusive to his parents. Yes. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and so it's interesting that uh, I think, Lucas, you talked about the Twilight Zone. It reminds me a little bit to take a really deep cut Of a cornfield episode that some people might be familiar with, where there is this child who has the power to just banish anybody to the cornfield, which we don't really know what it means, uh, just if he becomes angry enough with them. And all of these adults spend their entire life in active fear of this child trying not to be banished, and immediately, like, I got brought right into that with that three seconds of his mom's face. Yeah, I definitely see the influence of that episode in Gideon. I love that that you brought that up cuz I love that such a great episode. And yeah, you're right. Like it gives the family's reaction to him r- reminds me so much of that episode. I didn't think about it, but yes, 100%. So Gideon goes to his room to threaten uh, Tiny Dipper and Mabel. That's right. I glossed over this. Um but he actually ended up with the shrink ray because Mabel and Dipper started fighting. Over the height situation. And now they're in this little jar that he's carrying. So he basically took them to his room. Uh, Like you said, Felipe, he still wants Mabel to be his queen. But he thinks that he's going to be able to get away with a little bit more here than he actually is. Uh, Because he thinks maybe Dipper will tell tell him how he got the magic item. But Dipper is not having it. He blows a horn in his ear. And Gideon, like, up and almost just kills him right there in that moment and wants to. Yeah, he... (laughs) Gideon definitely does give me some actual intimidation in this episode. Because, you know, when you see a kid that, like, is kind of demonstrating to be a little unhinged. And, you know, he actually just has this power to have these people super small. Like, I I felt a little bit of... I mean, it's a Disney show and I know that he's not going to kill Dipper and Mayburne. Dipper and Mabel, obviously, but even still, you get that vibe that it's unnerving, and it comes across that way, and I think that's well done. Yeah. Yeah, and another thing is that he thinks that he's easily going to be able to just give a phone call to Grunkle Stan and say, I have your children, but Stan being the horrible guardian that he is, he's like, nah, I just saw them playing in the yard a second ago, and it h- hangs up. So... <laughs>
1: Low-key, I would have put it past Grunkle Stan to be like, oh, I don't care. <laughs>
0: oh, that's a good point. Like, even I was almost well, thinking. I don't, now. I don't know about that.
1: At this point in the series, I feel like
0: he wouldn't care. He would rescue them. He'd, he'd care, probably. I, don't, I, don't he, I mean, know. he obviously didn't believe him immediately. <laughs> So he, he didn't, didn't care even check to, the backyard. He didn't even check. Yeah, that's you're right. He, he didn't even show enough concern to look. But like, that's, I don't know. I'll, bet if, I'll bet if he knew he would have gone. I'll bet he was just that skeptical. I, I don't know. He's been so sweet so many times. I want to give him some credit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and back at the shack, we get a nice little character moment here where uh, Stan is complimenting Seuss for an idea that he had to have a maze of mirrors in the shack, which really cool idea. And uh, Seuss gets to wear the fez and feel what it's like to be in charge of the Mystery Shack for a second. He just says, one day. Yeah, one day. (laughs) Both nodding like, that's right, yes. Don't we, like, love Seuss here? We do. (laughs) We We do. do. Well, okay, but what happens as a result of that is Seuss ends up getting shrunk. Because Gideon thinks he's, you know, Grunkle Stan. Well, I guess we'll get to that part at the end. But they don't actually like regrow Seuss later. Okay, well, I'm trying to jump the gun, but <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. Well, listen. Let me guide you there so that we can make sure that we get into it's just it. It's important to note in that point. Is
1: Seuss the number one character who should go to therapy after the events of this series?
0: <laughs> yes. Like that. that name I want to track. Some... That's a real question. Now that I think about like, it, who actually. who needs the
1: most therapy after this series? That's a question I like to talk about, like with my friends, like which character needs to go to therapy the most. <laughs> I um, love that. <laughs>
0: hi okay like you know that's
1: what? the unhinged discussion that you can hear on the brazilian dragon
0: podcast dude no i'm into it so my thing is i think that seuss is too unbothered like even True. when all of these crazy things happen he's still in pretty good spirits which you can't always tell on the surface so i don't want to make assumptions but how about gideon's mom i mean she definitely needs okay. therapy like they need some family <laughs> therapy I don't know, man. There's some scenes that Dipper's been there for like almost every single majorly traumatic event throughout the series. He's a pretty good content. He's also like 12. So he's got youth poisoning also on his side. That's an excellent point. Uh, Speaking of Dipper, so him and Mabel are trying to plot their escape because Gideon decides that he is going to go and try to shrink Grunkle Stan. That's going to be his solution out of anger after he gets himself some ice cream. And he leaves his hamster, Cheekums, as the guard, which is clearly ineffective because Mabel makes friends with it in three seconds. <laughs> Classic Mabel befriending the animals. Yeah, I don't know what Gideon expected there. Clearly he doesn't yeah. know her at all. And... and he expects her to be his wife. Please, Yeah. That's, That's true. He's like, come on, man. Get, get to know somebody for two seconds. But Dipper's ingenuity is still showing because he does have a plan to escape. And they are able to like maneuver their way into the living room to watch Gideon absolutely explode when his father tickles him, yeah, which is hilarious because when when Alex says explode, he doesn't mean like when you tickle somebody and they just laugh really hard. He means he like starts laughing and then goes into a full on psychotic rage, and it's delightful. It's the unhinging that we've been mentioning. It just been, in this episode it gets worse and worse and worse, and it feels like this is a pinnacle moment, which. Honestly, it was kind of, like, uncomfortable to watch.
1: His dad tickling him was his Villanoirkin story.
0: <laughs> Actually, so... I you know, out say, of context, that could sound really bad. <laughs> oh, no. I gotta get this back on track. Tickling is <laughs> often... As I say as I get right back to the tickling topic. But being tickled is horrible. Nobody... Who likes being tickled? Is there anybody? <laughs> of pretty um, i I want to ask now. Lucas a question. Did Alec ever <laughs> aggressively bully you by tickling you? I hate to say it, but unfortunately it might have been the other way around. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm three years older, but if there was any kind of that kind of thing going on, it was probably not going to be me. I might yeah. have blamed him for something that he didn't do, but that was oh. going to be the passive-aggressive way of doing it as opposed to the proactive bullying, which he would have done unto me. Well, okay, that's a little <laughs> bit true, all of it. <laughs> I, I love all. that we're unpacking this with a guest on, as opposed to <laughs> when we know. have a chance to hash I mean, it out.
1: We, we joked about getting going to therapy, but is this the real therapy?
0: <laughs> 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 Lucas, do we, this. <laughs> do, we just, <laughs> do
1: we? No, y'all <laughs> do have we need a to very talk healthy
0: relationship,
1: from what it seems like. Like just listening and like the way Alex nice. talks about your relationship and watching your show. Uh cool. but I always <laughs> love to like probe and be like, "Ooh, I want to, I want to know like about like." the the behind the scenes because like there is drama behind the scenes you, no one has like most like Mabel Rainbow and unicorns
0: no, I, I don't know what should be Lucas and I have agreed on every creative decision that's ever happened on the show oh, I'm I'm just glad that you think we're passing for a healthy relationship that's remarkable <laughs> no, I'm just kidding uh, no it's, it's it's interesting that you say that because like I do pride ourselves on the sibling dynamic that we are able to have and I think that in the Gravity Falls canon it brings that out of us, too, where we remember, yeah. you know, we were Mabel and Dipper once, and we ended up, you know, maintaining that through all this time, but he's still a dick. I know that I can say that because <laughs> I already said it once. I mean,
1: technically, it would air on television,
0: so you're good. This is true. Yes. This is true. That's tr- <laughs> you know, um, I, I think Alec and I have mostly been homies for the, throughout the years, you know? I, I think uh, some hilarious problems always arise, but I actually think we're pretty good about being civil. Yeah.
1: See, most times on this podcast, the tangents you go on are like the deep, like science. Like last week, it was um, the time travel, like I don't know what the the physics of time travel and how it's like unrealistic, and then how Lucas doesn't like time travel in stories, and you go like on this sci-fi route. But this time, we're going internally and talking about like family dynamics.
0: (laughs) I love it. I know, dude. I, I am into it. And it's funny because we do get tangential about that kind of stuff. I feel like if Lucas and I really did want to just sit here for three hours, there's so many discussions that we could have. But sometimes oh it, it's like either there's not time and we're trying to wrap it up or I'm afraid to expose the kind of like heated yeah. debate that we can possibly get into That's if we fair. really went
1: there. Um, one last throwaway question and then we can get back on track. Alec, I, I am assuming this is more for you than Lucas, but is there an Aris-Vetus dynamic, or is it different? Like, if so, who's the Aris and who's the Vetus?
0: Okay, oh, yeah, so Lucas won't know what this question means because he's not as much of a Survivor fan. Um, But Lucas, Aris and Vetus are two Survivor players uh, who played together on the same season. And they're and, brothers. Yeah, and, and they were brothers. Uh, oh, okay. And Lucas is 100% more of the Vetus, and I am okay. more of the Aris, in the sense that... Uh, How do I say this? Vetus always seemed to be... Oh, man. Felipe, help me. Should I be Um, offended? Tell me right now, Felipe. Basically, the story between
1: Aris and Vetus. Aris was... So, Aris played on Season 12. Spoilers for Survivor. Uh, Skip ahead 30 seconds, I guess, if you really care. (laughs) Uh, So, Aris won Survivor Panama. Then they came back on Blood vs. Water, which is like the family season. And the whole story was like Vetus had been to... Like, he had um, addiction to heroin, he went to rehab, he went to jail. Um, And then, so he was the older brother, though, and Aris was, like, the golden child, and Aris was, and Vetus was, like, the black sheep of the family. But on Survivor, it manifested of, like, Vetus was, like, the scar, and uh, Aris was, like, the Mufasa kind of dynamic. Like, that was, um, but in the end, Aris was the reason they lost, if we're being transparent. So that's, like, the break, like, I'm not, I don't think Alec is saying that, like, you... Have the same issues as Vitas, but I guess maybe like you're the darker, edgier one, and
0: Alec is like the puppy dog sort of one. I think that's, that's accurate. Exactly right. <laughs> we'll leave it there. <laughs> that, yeah. I think you just—I don't know that any of the context, and it sounds like you described that really well. Okay,
1: if you were if you were in a challenge and you had to knock each other off the water, and and Alec gave you a second shot, would you take a cheap shot at him and like not stand up? You would just like go for it before they said th- go, or would you? Would I get caught? Would you,
0: like, try to, like, bend, like, cut corners to win? Only if I knew I could get away with it. Okay. (laughs) And chances are, in that case, you probably would. And for the record, I wouldn't. (laughs) I would take the high ground, Anakin. I don't know. If you can get away with it, then you're just playing within the rules of the game as far as I'm concerned. Sounds like Lucas would be a good survivor player. (laughs) (laughs) Lucas, you and I, amazing race. How about that? Oh, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So back to that gravity balls. That brings
1: out the worst. Like blood versus water, you're separated for a lot of it. But amazing race, you'd be like in each other's energy for like 30 days straight, Oof. just you two and camera people. Ooh. I'd become homies
0: with those camera people. Is all I'm saying. Oh, I would have just... so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> I would have you laughing. And absolutely <laughs> the kind who would have uh, like road trip games on deck for all the long car drives. <laughs> I always have road trip games ready to go and uh, all kinds of fun activities that we can uh, spend time together doing. Doesn't that sound fun, bro? This is great. We ought to apply. Uh, you, if you could twist my arm into it, I'll make the application video look nice. Good <laughs> <laughs> stuff. All right. So uh, back to Gravity Falls. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, I have a really odd moment for one of my favorite moments of the episode. Uh, and that's that after Gideon has taken off to go try to shrink Grunkle Stan, I... Uh, Mabel and Dipper find a way to kind of like, is it kind of like a balloon that they're able to ride on uh, to to sort of like take themselves yeah. into the sky because they're so they, too small to walk.
1: From what I remember they escaped, which the thing I did not like was they took a strand of Gideon's hair on his comb and like climbed down and that was like nasty. I feel like they both need like big showers. Like one of those like science lab showers if you get chemicals on you, they need one of those. Um, oh okay. yeah. <laughs> um. Then they like somehow escape and they like j- go to the cause. G- Gideon's dad also owns like some sort of company, like dollar store uh, sort of thing. Yeah, and, and he's then, like a car like sales the dollar friend, sign
0: it? balloon, right? Oh, you're right. That so that's exactly how we get there. So the th- thank you for getting me to the point of what the balloon was. It was very mindful this scene of them soaring through the sky together as siblings to get to the destination and get there in time before Gideon has shrunk Grunkle Stan. Am am I crazy? Like, did either of you, like, get a kind of, like, mindful experience from this? Well, I think aesthetically, there was something cool about it. And one of the things that I wrote was that there are a lot of sibling, like, wholesome sibling vibes from uh, the two of them in this episode. And uh, I think that it comes really well in scenes like this where they're just, like, together doing stuff, you know? And miniature people sailing on a balloon thing. Yeah, like, I get a, I get a sense, a cool sense from that. I don't know what you mean exactly by mindful, but fulfilling, holistic, other general words that are nice like that. Sure, yeah. sure. I, I guess mindful, I I mean a little bit just, like, soothing to watch and comforting. Yeah,
1: it felt like they were in a hot air balloon, sort of, like, going over the town of Gravity Falls. Um, I, I do want to point out that I love the, like, reintegration of the sibling dynamic because even while they're at, like, this high pressure situation. When they're in Gideon's room, they're arguing about who's taller, and they take a little ruler and measure each other up, just and Mabel's still taller, so.
0: Yeah, well, and then that resurfaces once they are now back trying to save their Grunkle Stan, they're actually able to distract Gideon and get the shrink ray, grow ray back but they start arguing about how it's going to be used because Dipper still wants to be one inch taller, so, and as they're fighting, they lose the leverage, and now Gideon is able to take it back from them.
1: Do and you, it it's... keeps
0: the theming around the sibling dynamic very present throughout the episode, because it's not just like, like the re- I don't know, it makes it feel like the whole plot and the sequence of events has a reasoning, and I really like that just from a writing standpoint, because it's so easy to, you know have a, especially when you're writing for a show that doesn't necessarily need to be anything outside of kind of formulaic. Because, like, the story arc kind of makes sense. Like, you probably know that they're going to save Brunkle Stan and they're going to have their sibling narrative play out, but it still does it really well and it hits the notes in an organic way, you know? Yeah, Yeah, I'm actually curious to hear what you both think about who you think was more right on the Dipper versus Mabel side of this, because they do end up having a heartfelt moment and they come together... But the reason that Dipper was upset is because Mabel is kind of relentlessly making fun of him, and Dipper has shown to be very insecure about any kind of thing like that. But Mabel confesses that it's because she loses to him so much, and he clearly does not even give it two thoughts. Like, he's perfectly content to just keep beating her over and over again and not consider how it makes her feel. So who has, like, more of a reason to be mad about this, do you think? Lucas, what do you think? So... We were talking about the internal dynamic between Alec and I, and I actually did write something about this because I didn't. Necessarily... You wrote down in Journal Five? is, no, that, well... your, is that your therapy
1: journal? No, <laughs> yeah, no, no <laughs> <four> is the <appropriate. laughs>
0: so, Yeah, my my Journal Five, my personal. Listen, therapy this is journal. a pro therapy
1: podcast. Let me just say that I know we've like been like saying it. I just want to emphasize. I agree. That right. like I'm a big fan of therapy. I think everyone should be going yeah. to therapy. And I, like, when I'm joking about therapy, it's like in a lighthearted way because yeah. everyone has trauma. And some people, uh, Gideon, needs to unpack that specifically before yeah. they like be an actual
0: cult leader growing up. So let me just specify that. I, I agree. And I would say uh, journals five, six, seven, eight, and nine. But Lucas, go ahead. And... <laughs> yeah, that was. Let's, read. let's just say, man, Webster's has got nothing on me with my journals when it comes to yeah. that. But um, anywho, <laughs> what I was going to say is. um. Alec, did you, I, I didn't know how to say this. Did you relate to the aspect of Mabel not being as good at stuff growing up? Ooh. Okay, wait. Is that, okay, is that wait. a shot? I are don't mean saying, it as a shot. I mean it as a genuine question. Are you asking if I was upset that you were better at things than me? Is that generally like the, the vibe that we're going with here? If you, Yeah, sure. Felipe, I'm sorry that you have to be there for this. No, it's uh, fine. <laughs> Um, to be honest, not really. But like, I want examples also. Like, what was Alex supposedly not good at? Well, I mean, just one off the top of my head. <laughs> just that you asked. Uh, Alec was into baseball for a while and did baseball for a little bit. And then I tried. Oh. And I was really good when I started. And then I wasn't into it at all. And I like quit immediately because I just didn't like the team sport thing. I thought you were going to say you didn't like wearing shoes. <laughs> oh, well, I didn't wear shoes either. During baseball you know season. Yeah. You know what's fun? For the first time in, like, years, I am not wearing socks right now. And I thought about Lucas being my inspiration for that this morning. So just weird That's serendipitous wow. moment there. Um, but Lucas, to answer your question, I did and do love baseball so much. And I was honestly really excited to see you go for it because I thought that you were going to be great. And it was. I was not jealous about the fact that you were better, but... It did bother me that you quit because I was like, no, I want to see you do this because I know you're good at it. But yeah, subconsciously, it was also a little bit of like, gosh, if I had the talent, I would have stuck with it. Um, So uh, yeah, maybe there's a little bit of that. And Lucas was very athletic. Like he was a really good runner. Like he was a cross country runner in high school.
1: How do you do that without wearing shoes? (laughs) Your feet get real tough. Listen, I'm not going to judge you because I have worn flip-flops in the snow before. I, I lived in Boston, <laughs> and I was just like, I don't feel like putting on shoes. It's just like a short walk. So I'm not going to judge you for not wearing shoes because I can relate. <laughs> I mean, it really does. I'm a big flip-flop person. Like, I don't like my feet
0: being confined to... Things. I'll wear shoes because you know, I have to. I feel like I'm so off the rails, but it's funny because I am so I, I was so pro not wearing socks forever, but now I have a circulation illness where my toes have a hard time regulating temperature and I have to wear socks constantly now. Oh no. <laughs> I was gonna say we got a couple of foot breathers here.
1: <laughs> no, mean, that I sounds still prefer,
0: in the summer I can I still <laughs> prefer the barefoot. But uh yeah. <clears throat> anywho, the only reason I said that was because I actually kind of related to dippers not being mindful of, you know, maybe how Mabel was feeling about that, because from his perspective, he's, you know, like zeroing in on his own issue with the fact that he's being made fun of, you know, this, which is, you know, telescoping or what was the word tunnel visioning it a little bit, you know what I mean? Um, But whereas if he looks at the grand scheme of his relationship with Mabel, he realizes like, oh, okay, no, maybe I actually haven't been cool to Mabel consistently for a really long time, and she just did it once, and I can't handle it. It reminds me of this great quote, don't throw stones from a glass house. And uh, Uh, I like that. (laughs) I like that you saw yourself in that. Speaking of glass houses, let's go to the Maze of Mirrors. So Gideon is able to get inside because, you know, now both Mabel and Dipper have, you know, they've lost power, they're now stuck in the jar. But Gideon goes in to to get the person with the fez on, and as we mentioned before, whoops, it's Seuss. And now Seuss is small as well. Seuss. Poor Seuss. Seuss I, I, is better. Poor Seuss. Seuss is literally just there to be a homie and a good guy constantly and just uh, ends up getting shrunk. Yep, that's right. So they are able to kind of escape the situation because I think that what it is is that they're in Gideon's shirt pocket. Like, he's got a little pocket square. And between the three of them, they are able to, like, push themselves out of it. And Gideon is in the maze of mirrors now because that's where he goes to find Uncle Stan. But unfortunately, Stan is everywhere because they are mirrors. So he starts taunting him. I will Um, say... I When I did say the suspension of disbelief note earlier, in this single moment, I did have a second where I was like, really, a maze of mirrors just happens to be set up. That is extremely convenient. <laughs> but that's funny, right? I, I get into this a lot, but I feel like that's what Gravity Falls sorts of does is they set up these very convenient situations because it's almost like the humor is the convenience. They're making fun of the fact that it's so easy, right? That's fair. Like, I, I understand, like, yeah, okay. I, you, you convince me. I, I take it. I definitely did have a moment where I'm like, okay, okay, TV show, Room of Mirrors, Hardy Har Har, you know what I mean? Sure, sure. And um, there, there is a great moment. Well, I don't know if it's a great moment. They start walking around Gideon's body and we get gross features that I really wish that I didn't have to see. <laughs> but
1: Hey, you chose to cover this show.
0: <laughs> I, I did. You chose to cover this episode. I gave you options. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> hey,
1: I told you the next one is spooky spooky. I don't do that. Like I know, I know. For a cartoon, I was like, I watched uh, it once. I was like, that's the only time I'm ever gonna watch that episode. Oh my <laughs> I so want to
0: know. I so want to know what you're what what you think the scariest Scooby Doo villain is now.
1: Well, I mean, should I should I take the moment and shamelessly plug my podcast? The Please do. Please. I want to hear about the Scooby podcast. I do too. So I talk about, so it's coming back from a long-term hiatus right now because uh, we were cross-country move, uh, just like trying to settle life down. But mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the Scooby-Doo podcast, we are watching uh, all the Scooby-Doo cinematic movie universe stuff. So like anything that is more long form um or is under the wikipedia page as scooby-doo movie um there There are like some episodes that are like technically under the wikipedia page i'm like we'll cover that we have done everything through samurai sword in chronological order so like all the ones that like you probably grew up on we've already done like we've done the live action one the first round and yeah it's fun some of them do not hold up there's scooby-doo and arabian nights which was oof
0: <laughs> oh, that I was uh, 1994. <laughs> um,
1: uh, like, uh, yeah, it's a fun time. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, if you keep talking, I can try to come up with the sc- scoop, the spookiest Scooby villain. That was a mouthful. Okay. Um, uh, I, yeah. start, I mean, I'm gonna
0: check this out afterward. I love Scooby Doo. I watch YouTube yeah. videos about Scooby Doo a lot. Well, so
1: we're actually gonna do like a rotating co-host instead of like having one regular one. So y'all are both welcome. I know Alex's already like on the list or something. I don't remember what, but nice. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, Felipe knows. I'm a Scooby-Doo super fan. It's part of the reason I love Gravity Falls, I think. like there's They're not exactly similar. What did I text Monster?
1: you yeah. when I was getting into Gravity Falls? Like, it's Scooby-Doo meets something.
0: Um, Ooh, you did, and I really agreed with the take that you were going for. My phone's in the other Stranger- side of the room. Strangers? All right, oh, okay, yes. you two, filibuster, and I'll find it.
1: So tell me about Alex's deepest, darkest secrets, Lucas. No,
0: Ooh! <laughs> oh
1: man i got a funny story this is like rude of me as the older brother i feel like i should be
0: helping alec more but uh, i'm nah. like instigating it's stuff. it's more fun from the younger brother perspective uh one time when alec was a kid he tried to be a dog and bit a balloon and it blew up in his face <laughs> <laughs> Right? yo okay you just pulled an alec jr story out of the woodwork and i have a lot is your dad <laughs> um, named alec also Uh, So, Alec Jr. is... God, this is... We're getting everywhere today. Alec Jr. is what I refer to the younger version of myself anytime I talk about a very stupid or silly story uh, that I should be embarrassed by, but decide to retroactively own for laughter. Own it.
1: Listen, if you want an embarrassing story, just Google my name, Jonas Clark Talent Show, and there's a video of me singing Down by Jay Sean. They didn't let me see the little Wayne lyrics because... uh, (laughs) It was, I was in seventh grade and I was so upset. I remember being, because that's the whole reason I want to do this. Huh? And of listen, course. let me just say I don't have good pitch. So uh, that it, I used to be so embarrassed by that, but now I kind of own it. I'm like,
0: yeah, at least I'm on YouTube. Okay, you I go. love that so much. Thank you for sharing. And let me tell yeah. you that you said it. Gravity Falls, yes, is uh, Scooby Doo meets comic books, which is. A take Ah, I really like, because it does feel a little bit to be like Gravity Falls is almost like graphic novel-ish in the way that it looks and pops. I mean, it became one, (laughs) That's Well, yeah, I mean, they not only have Journal 3, but then they did do four episodes in comic book form, and they look like they belong as a comic book, so, uh, absolutely. Are you there? I'm transmitting from another location. I think I've shaken whoever's following me. I'm back with another riddle. It says... If A is 1 and Z 26, then C is in the correct spot. Don't let it move again. These are getting more confusing, and I'm growing paranoid. You must solve this. I'm counting on you. Um. So back to the Maze of Mirrors, Seuss falls, and he just shouts, Tell my story! I tried pulling away from the microphone, so if that creates an effect, you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, he lands in a carpet and eats a corn chip.
1: Yeah, Ew. he found yeah, it.
0: He's like, "I knew you couldn't hide from me, corn chip." So, do that you think was this his arc. Do you think this would still be a a like
1: a C plot, D plot, if uh, in a post-COVID world? Do you think he'd
0: have that corn chip scene? I could see the corn chip scene being in Journal Three. That's the kind of thing that Alex Hirsch would have added in there at the end. Do you uh, think I'm- Gravity Falls is responsible for COVID?
1: Like, <laughs> 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 sorry, that got dark.
0: But oh my uh, god, we put well, COVID in, in Journal Three or Journal well, Four. Like, that's that's oh, like one no. of the
1: mysteries of Gravity Falls is that it had this virus and then it like populated the world. <laughs>
0: So, so, Lucas, do you think COVID is real on a scale of zero to ten for journal four? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hey, no, no, no. It's real. I'm not saying no. it's real.
1: Just saying it it it's is. It's origin, the spookiness of Gravity Falls, and I don't know, Gideon, <laughs> Gideon unleashed it.
0: Yeah. Oh, Did man. Did Gideon create COVID with his hair? I think this is my headcanon. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I told y'all he needed to get in, like, Mabel and Dipper needed to get into, like, a Chemical shower. Yeah, Yeah. chemical shower. And they didn't,
0: so I think we found it. (laughs) Man, I'm ready for a chemical shower. Uh, (laughs) Gideon starts breaking every mirror, which makes Grunkle Stan mad, and he starts to worry about the shrink ray. He's like, whoa, uh, uh, all right, dude, like, this is actually getting kind of serious. And Gideon... I love this so much. Gideon starts laughing because we realize that Small Mabel and Dipper have started tickling him, which is you know we get from the the tickling arc all I the I mean, way I told
1: I was saying they needed a chemical shower after touching his hair, after touching his armpit. Yeah, Mm-mm. yeah, <sighs> definitely
0: COVID, straight up. All right, <laughs> 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 uh, God, God, what, what I, I done? Okay. <laughs> I I will be.
1: I thought it would have been hilarious if Dipper all of a sudden got, like, you know how there was that whole episode that he couldn't grow chest hair? I would have thought it would have been hilarious if he was like, how does Gideon have armpit hair before I do? And then, like, more insecurity.
0: Oh, that would have been such a great joke. That would have been oh, a good joke. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I wish that they. I- do you feel like Gravity Falls was not allowed to be self-referential enough because they still wanted episodes to be able to drop randomly on Disney and have people not yeah. know what they were talking I about? I will
1: say the show is like very easy to like, it, like even though there's like a greater story at large, like there are so many episodes that are like individual, um, not serialized. It's the opposite of serialized, but whatever. I can't think of the word. Uh, uh, formulaic. Formulaic, maybe, yeah. Like, you can drop in, catch a random episode, and, like, yeah, there's a greater plot at hand, but, like, unless it's, like, the back half of season two, you really won't be lost. Sure, and I think that
0: is mostly the case, and I I believe that they would have loved to have made it where that was not the case, where they could have just had every single episode really depend on each other, within reason. Um, But, you know, there were some constraints by Disney, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I like that I could watch any episode. And, uh... I, yeah, I, what do you think about that, Lucas? Because I know this is something that we talk about on the show about uh, whether that's good or bad. Well, I i mean, I think that... the I, Well, there is plot continuity towards the end of the show. Like, if I would feel terrible for somebody who was just watching, you know, Disney Channel one day and dropped into the final four episodes without having very much context or just enough for it to spoil your whole experience. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I think that, that that level of plot... I don't know. I am I love having plot and stories. I'm usually way more drawn into plot than episodic things, if that's kind of more the debate we're talking about. Um,
1: sure. Don't get me wrong, though. I do love, like, if I'm chilling, like, just a random, like, background episode of something, that's fun to, like, watch. And, like, then you don't feel, like, compelled to watch a ton in one night. But, like, I've been... Definitely. I talk about this on the latest podcast I did about Jimmy Neutron, the movie. Jimmy Neutron is a perfect show that you can just throw on a random episode and enjoy it. Whereas Gravity Falls, like, if especially if it's a plot heavy episode, you're gonna want to like hit play next. Yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah. It's a good show to binge through Disney Plus, to be honest. Like, it's ideal for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so different it's... different viewing mentalities, though, for, for what makes them both good, I think. Yeah. Sure. So as Gideon is being tickled, Stan, of course, doesn't know what's happening. So Stan is thinking, like, whoa, y- you know, you've clearly just uh had too much of this and he actually gets really like adorably uh, fatherly in this moment to me it's like it's okay man you're gonna get me one day it's all right yeah he's like you know what i i, I know i'm gonna i'm an, i'm a formidable foe you know it's 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 cool and he's like all right okay and then he kind of starts getting creeped out he's like all right that's enough and he literally yeah. just kind of kicks him just kick rolls him out of the house hey, uh Dropkick. Drop. <laughs> oh! No, <no>, ah, drop. <laughs> <no>! Full circle. <laughs> Missed opportunity there for the creators too. Like, please. I but I guess it makes sense because Grungle was just kinda like alright, all right, get out. Go and ahead.
1: Getting get- I mean he might not act like it, but he's I mean he does actually act like it. But he's a child at the end of the day. We're not gonna like show adult on child violence on yeah, yeah.
0: I guess that that is a really good point. Yeah. yeah. So he's still he gets, a Disney show. I do forget. <laughs> right so he gets rolled out of the house dipper and mabel have the flashlight they regrow each other and hug it out and then they decide they're gonna smash the flashlight before realizing whoops we forgot about seuss and se- lots uh, of glue yeah, what glue <laughs> yep. yeah they just smash the crystal to bits they're like now it'll never fall into the wrong hands which by the way is also silly because like that crystal was huge that they found in the forest. They could easily just go mine way more of that tomorrow. You know? Yeah. Like it was oh. just... Or just carry Seuss to the location. Yeah. Also easy. There's a lot of solutions to that. But I, I, no one wants to hear that. Um, no, it's actually funny because I was about to walk in and say, oh, that's unrealistic that they could just glue it back. Seuss would be screwed for real. But it's actually the opposite. Like, there are lots of avenues out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but It still, it was a funny gag. I liked that it was shattered and then they'd forgotten about Seuss. I don't know why, because I love Seuss so much and it's tragic that they forgot about him, but it still's funny. Sure. And the very end of the episode, we do get a very important plot moment. And that's when Gideon tells his dad that he wants the shack because it holds a mystery that his dad could not possibly imagine. And they cliffhang us on that right there.
1: No, no, no. Then his dad spoon feeds him ice cream. <laughs> and then they end that episode. <laughs> You're right. Had to make up a the What flavor tickling. of ice cream was it again? It was like, not boysenberry, but something like only Gideon would like. No, no disrespect to any boysenberry lovers, but I feel like that's not your go-to ice cream. So I love
0: boysenberry jelly. I've never had it in ice cream flavor, but at this point I don't I'm even interested. know if it's an ice cream flavor, but... If you've ever seen Chopped on Food Network, anything is an ice cream flavor.
1: Truth. True. So, What's, what's your go-to ice cream flavors before, just to
0: ooh, continue the talk? Yeah, I was going to say that if you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Lucas, you first. Um. So I'm dairy-free, so mine is a little bit adjusted. But I have this cookies and cream cashew milk ice cream that is, like, out of this world. Like, better than any dairy ice cream I'd ever eaten by far. It's so good are you
1: vegan or are you just like anti-dairy
0: uh mostly just anti-dairy okay yeah yeah okay. I-, I was about to try to make a joke about oh you thought that uh, you were better than everything but at least you <laughs> at least i'm not lactose intolerant i was like oh no he does that by choice he's, he's yeah. not that either oh. also you are lactose intolerant scientifically sorry facts wait <laughs> alex specifically or everyone, everyone. Okay, I was like, gonna be the like, human body stops developing the things for digesting lactose when you turn like seven or something. Yeah, there's something about how like we've all evolved to be able to take it in, but we weren't like supposed to in the beginning or something. It's like right? drinking alcohol—you just build a tolerance, and it's less painful the more you do it. Interesting. Well, well I, that might I have... explain a lot because I do
1: love like milk and cookies, or like putting dairy things. Yeah, like I mean, I cheese is so my much. love
0: language. I joke about. Yeah, yeah, yeah you build a tolerance. <laughs> Yeah. But if you don't have a tolerance, then it really hurts you. So I can't even mess with it anymore. Yeah, that's it's the my coffee. ice cream of choice is coffee ice cream. I don't like regular Ooh. coffee, but I love coffee ice cream and pistachio. I'm coming around on. Uh, my go to ice cream. I used to be a big mint chocolate chip person.
1: Ooh, and I feel like I lately like I've been coming out of that phase. But like growing up, that was like my go to, or like peppermint stick if they didn't have mint chocolate chip. I like black raspberry ice cream, but I'm, like, I'm I'm simple. I like any kind of ice cream if it's like not tart or sour um i like banana ice cream which i feel like Ooh. is not a popular choice
0: i feel like i, I could say. do it in like froyo, like soft yeah. so maybe it makes sense there yeah um, i love banana desserts i would probably yeah. love it <laughs> I, I also uh, like any ice cream i'm very easy
1: yeah give me ice cream all day like that's another thing that i could like eat so much and then put it away and be like oh what did i do it was so good but was it worth it
0: so we've talked about favorite ice creams but what about favorite characters so Felipe before Lucas and I got on we talked about how we wanted to do this because you're the first guest normally we give our mystery plaque points our two for the character we like the most and then our runner up and uh, we think we're just going to give you the same power and it's going to get factored into the overall score at the end and your points are going to be worth just as much in the end do you
1: ever listen to the international survivor podcasts like, I don't Sometimes. know if you this
0: one. Okay. When they have three people, they, like,
1: split it up differently than they, how they do two people. But I don't remember it off the top of my head. I want to say that it's, like, two, two, one, but whatever. This is your podcast, your choice. I was just <laughs> trying to think of, like, out-of-the-box ideas.
0: No, trust me. I was thinking of the math, too. And there's still a world where this will get tweaked. The important thing is that I know who your favorite character of the episode was and your backup. Yeah. Or at least who you thought was the best. You know, you can really use these points however you want to use them. I'm gonna, and I'll start with you. Who, do, who gets your mystery plaque points? Best character. Yes, I might need a minute. <laughs> like, I didn't... That is okay. Prepared. Alec, you go first, because I'll bet you're prepared, because I, I wanted to know what Alec said first, because I have four that I was debating. <laughs> so, last week, I felt like I did Seuss wrong by putting him in the runner-up position, and I sort of wished that I'd put him in the top. So, I wanted to give my two points for Seuss this episode, because to me, he was just so charming and authentic. Like, I, I loved that he was trying to be there for Dipper in the very beginning when people were making fun of him, like a real pal. Uh, I-, I loved his moments when he shrunk and fell. And honestly, there, there was nothing about Seuss I didn't like in this episode, whereas some other characters I felt like were on and off for me. So uh, that that was my top choice. And I guess I'll go straight to my backup. Well, actually, I want to save my backup. Uh, so I'll tell you who I'm thinking of. So
1: um, I mean, part of me did want to come in here and be like, I'm gonna give it to Gideon as a troll move, but he's like he's not likable enough. He doesn't have any redeeming qualities for me, so I don't feel comfortable giving it to. Like if he was like a character we didn't like, but there was like something like redeeming about him, I think. Uh, like if like Susie from Phineas and Ferb could get like the redeeming points, but like Gideon, no. But uh, I'm trying to think. So I, I feel like I'm between Dipper and Mabel for my two and one. And it's just like who gets the two, who gets the one. Uh, oh, okay. I'm just struggling to differentiate. Because I think Dipper was more of an ass, but I also think... He, oh, sorry. I don't know if that gets into the um, But <laughs> Mabel, like, also... Like, I don't want to shame Dipper for having, like, body insecurities, especially at that age where, like, you're... So, I don't know. It's, it's complicated. But I think, at the end of the day, I'm going to give Mabel because this was a win for her height wise so maybe a, a win for her points wise and then nah. dipper the one but like just being transparent those are my two favorite characters of the show and it makes sense because they're like the, the, the natural and waddles waddles is also up there
0: i love <laughs> i love ordering their points by height just to stick it to dipper one more time yeah you could give waddles a point if you wanted there are he no was rules in the episode technically yeah right i don't know rules <laughs> Oh, but, I know
1: I don't think they're in this episode, but Grenda and, what's her name, Coco?
0: Oh, oh yeah, I love them. Candy, well. Is it Candy?
1: Candy. Yeah. Um, I think that's Those right. two, I, I, love I too. do Stan as well. Yeah. They need to go in the Amazing Race.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, listen, the ridiculous Race, right, Felipe, if we're talking the yeah. Total Drama Podcast? Lucas, why did not you tell me your mystery plaque winner? So... The reason I had a hard time with this is because I was I'm to det- I wanted to give Grunkle Stan two points one hundred percent because I just was charmed by him every time he was on screen and thought he was super 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 funny, um, and the only reason I wanted to give the other one to Seuss but I didn't feel like he had a- as much screen time as I wanted, and then I wasn't sure whether to give it to Dipper or Mabel for the exact same reason because. They were so equal in this episode to me because I liked them both for other reasons. And I really have no idea who to split it between. So what I'm going to do is just split. Can I split between three for this one? Oh my gosh. Okay, you want to give. We talked about this before and I was going to give you permission. So I guess the answer is yeah. If you really want to, you can just give three characters a tie and they'll all get one. Nah, I'll do Grunkle 2 and Mabel 1. This is what happened last time. I gave you the passion yeah, and then you changed your mind. Yeah, I don't know. It's the freedom that makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> all right, uh, guys, I made Gideon my backup. I did. Uh, you know, despite all of the great reasons that you gave wait, Felipe wait, wait, to wait, wait, not wait. include it. Wait, wait, you gave Gideon a point? Is that what I just heard? I don't know if Gideon will get another point. Um, and yeah. I'm not saying that I want him to. But I liked him as a villain this episode. I thought that he carried it. And I was je- I loved this episode. We haven't even talked about what we thought about it. Uh, this is one of my favorites of the series so far. And I remembered not liking it nearly as much as I did. I thought the premise seemed weak up from the get-go. Yeah.
1: So my memory was that I enjoyed it. And that's why when you gave me a list of options, like this is my favorite episode of the ones. Um, I think it's like a clever title. Also, The Little Dipper. Like, oh, that's, true. That's a great title. Um Like, I I will say, like, the last two episodes uh, that, uh, like, you covered before we scheduled this one, uh, so not this last episode that you just put out, but uh, the time traveler pig and the irrational treasure, I think those two were higher highs in this episode, but I think this was a fun episode uh, as well. I think this, like, middle season one where they found their footing, they kind of know what they're doing a little more, uh, it's definitely, like, a high point of, like, my memories of the show.
0: That's a good point. It does feel like this is the part of the series where they are starting to really find their footing and then it just starts carrying from here and I'm excited for what's coming next.
1: Yeah, because I think they knew what their arcs wanted to be but I also think they might have been struggling with the self-contained episodes and I think they finally figured out their groove
0: yeah i I always like to think that maybe that disney has to like or you need to win over disney's trust a little bit too because i felt the same way about owl house when i was watching it like i need to watch that
1: show as a latino that's like irresponsible because i don't have watched that
0: it's 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 so good i've cried watching it multiple times (laughs) me too you will love it felipe like as soon as you have a chance for real right now
1: my animated show that i'm working through is cora Because I actually never saw that. So I finished season two the other day. Nice. Um, And I like to try to have one animated show at the time. Like I try to have one drama, one comedy, one animated.
0: Oh, that's a good system. I like it.
1: uh, Reality TV, I stopped trying to keep up with everything. I just watch like the ones I care about, like as opposed to like watching The Bachelor to try to feel informed on pop culture.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I, I wish that I could say I did not do that. Wow. I just, like, I, I so I, like, you need to watch cartoons. We're busy. No, I'm just kidding. Well, yeah. actually, that's just true. My, my entire agenda is just cartoons or reality TV, and there is almost nothing else. I barely watch non-animated movies. I've been trying to watch, like,
1: franchise movies, also that I've never, like, I've never seen Oh, that's a lie. I have seen parts of Lord of the Rings at my friend's birthday this year, because we Ooh. did the Lord of the Rings marathon, but I was also cracking jokes and on my phone parts of it, <laughs> so I was like, I need to watch that, but those are like my big projects right now. But this is not a Felipe podcast. This is a Gravity Falls podcast.
0: <laughs> yes, and trust trust us on Owl House. Um, yeah. So let's get into some insights on Journal 3. There's not too much to be found here. I kind of gave you the only thing that was really interesting is that we know that this shrinking or growing power doesn't work on inanimate objects. Or yeah, I guess that's the best way of describing it. The other thing that I just thought was a little bit weird, he found a weird skull. So, oh, sorry. And I, I should specify... We are talking about what the original author wrote here because this is what Dipper was actually reading in the series itself. Dipper himself did not add to his section in the journal in this episode. So there's nothing new from that part of the story. Everything is entirely what the author had put in. And he found a weird skull there and then speculates that these crystals were related to the 60-foot beaver attack of 1973, which, I mean, I think that's a gag, but I can't tell if this skull there was supposed to be, like, a joke referencing that beaver, or it was supposed to be, like, a skull pointing to something else that's hidden in the show. I'm honestly not certain. I feel like, wouldn't it have just been, like, the skull of somebody that the beaver killed? Isn't that the... That's also possible. (laughs) That's possible. I don't know. I don't know. I don't don't need to think too hard about it. Now, Journal 4, though. Let's talk about what we're going to induct here. So, Felipe, uh, I I said beforehand, if you have anything, it's totally okay if you don't, Uh, You are free at this point as our guest to add a creature of interest or thing of interest. I
1: don't know if this is like where you want to go, but because I don't think it's technically a cryptid, but seeing that like, like gemstone sanctuary got me thinking about like natural resources that people
0: enjoy. Is that a cryptid? (laughs) Oh, wait, this is interesting. mushrooms, like... Oh, bro, um, you're talking my language right now. I did, I never thought oh I'd my, get... I didn't oh think we'd get to induct this. Yes, oh that is a valid no. answer. Oh, my God. We're no, trying true. to
1: keep it in line with the episode. I'm like, well, there's no Mothman in this episode. There's no... There's no... Uh, I want to see if there's actually a Boston-based cryptid.
0: But, uh, so, yeah, no. Some pretty powerful-ass crystals I, out there, though. That's a fact. <laughs> no, I like what... I actually do like what you're thinking because... I was thinking at first, Shrink Ray. I'm like, honestly, that seems kind of silly. And it's scientific. I don't know anything about it. I thought about, like, small, like, very tiny animals or, like, very big ones. But that also is, like, who's... I don't know if there's any reports of people seeing tiny animals and stuff like that. Unless they're perhaps on the mushrooms of which you're speaking. I just Googled Boston cryptids uh,
1: because I was curious to also... There's uh, the Boston Bahumagoosh. Which I have never heard of, and the Boston lemur. So maybe you could discuss those on future episodes. But those are my contributions to society. Also, uh, I can. There's definitely Brazilian cryptids. Like, have you ever? You uh, we can talk about Brazilian mythology and folklore on a different day. But uh, that is some stuff that I feel like you two would be fascinated in.
0: Actually, oh, I would love yes. to induct one of those because you have a unique perspective on that, which we are not probably going to have on the show again. So if you have any in mind, I would love to induct one of those to Journal 4.
1: Okay. I don't know if it's a cryptic because it's tangibly from Brazilian folklore. So I remember watching these like VHS tapes that my parents had of uh, this show, Situs do Picapau Amarelo, which had some creepy characters, also some problematic characters, if we're being honest in hindsight. And then I think these folklore stories were adapted into a Netflix show recently called The Invisible City, if you've ever seen that one. No. But like so I think that's and they like take Brazilian folklore as like the crux of it. But if you just Google Kuka, who was like a gif, like five years ago, she was very popular around like the queer community found her and adopted her because she's basically like a crocodile drag queen. So C U C A, and you can just type like she wait, is did a Did you just say like, crocodile
0: drag queen? Yes, that is her aesthetic. Wait, wait, I spell am it again. So C-U-C-A,
1: Kuka. I, this is
0: related to a one piece theory in a very weird way that I'm not mm-hmm. going to be able to explain to either of you
1: I'll send you this uh, Team oh Vogue article from God. June 2017 called uh, a blonde Brazilian alligator meme oh I found could it you,
0: oh my gosh wait uh, could whoever has it up right now because I have not been able to find it yet Could you just like read the first paragraph of wherever you are and <laughs> oh, I, I give some pictures. context
1: Social media users instantly fell in love with the children's character, whose blonde wig, reptilian features, and sassy demeanor provided ample material for the internet's meme makers to work with. But who exactly is she? Then it goes into her. But like, I need to show you a photo of her, though.
0: Like, you have to. I know. I'm looking at the photos right now. I just pulled it up, and I am shocked. Anybody who's listening to this right now, you have to immediately Google what this alligator creature. Wait, this is a children's thing. Kuka the yes. alligator it's based on a Brazilian folklore legends character she is a witch who kids and kidnaps and eats naughty children mm-hmm. what the I heck? love it so okay so it comes from folklore but now it has been adapted into um well so then it became it comes from folklore and then it was like a kid's
1: show because it wasn't a cartoon because it was like a creepy puppet like the main character creeped me out like her name is Emilio and she is scary. Like, she is demonic. She is not Chucky levels of creepy doll, but she is, like, there's something off about her. And, like, I, you can just Google Amelia uh, <laughs> and Kuka, and she's creepy to me for whatever reason. But, and then I think Netflix adapted it into, like, this, like, drama, fantasy series, uh, Brazilian series called The Invisible City. Wow. I know there's someone in your Discord who's also Brazilian, so she can also speak more about it because I'm, like, uh, first generation American. I don't know if she's like Brazilian born and raised. uh So, oh no, yeah, I think it's. That, I guess sketch. we can talk about her, and we can give Lucas a minute on to talk about mushrooms.
0: Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. Now I don't even. No, I'm afraid of going give, back. We around. should not give Lucas ever time to talk about drugs. It's not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I well, <laughs> I've got a lot of questions. So okay, Kuka, solidly. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to figure out how to rate it. Do I rate? Because I'm.
1: And so, the reason that she came to like American Zeitgeist in the meme culture is because like a lot of like white gay men saw themselves in her for whatever reason. And like it was like she, I remember it was around pride also. So, like that was uh, a thing. Like the queer community like fell in love with her. And then she became like a big staple around that time. Cause I remember someone sent me a gift. And I was like, how do you know who this is? <laughs> wow.
0: That's so wild. And he to was me. a white
1: gay. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I See, okay, and it's interesting because when we rate the things, we're kind of, like, rating how likely is it to, are they to be real in this case. So, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to rate the folklore. I'm going to rate, like, the idea that there was a creature that could have existed like this a long time ago, and maybe it became what it is today. And- yeah,
1: I would put it in the same line as, like, a chupacabra, which is, like, comes from Mexican folklore, and, like, but now, like, people take it as, and it's, like, she's not as well known, but, like, she is still, like, this Brazilian, like, figment uh that people would know about if you ask them on the streets of Brazil.
0: Sure. So I see costumes on the Google or images when I look. So is there like it is there like one version of Cuka that is known by everybody? Do you know? If it's like a costumed character or if it's the idea I feel like that gets this, replicated. This
1: crocodile like high puppetry sort of thing, like that looks like not like a Disney character, but like someone that looks costumed In the show, that's like the version that I feel like most people would be familiar with visually. Sure, that
0: makes sense. And if somebody did a show on the Loch Ness Monster, you know, it's not the same thing as the creature. Mm -hmm. So what I'm thinking is, I'm going to give this a six. I'm thinking about it in terms of, I could see that there is like some kind of a crocodile that was like really either big or weird looking that maybe somebody saw. And then it turned into a folklore story and now it's turned into this over time.
1: A, like I a crocodile
0: it, ate a kid or something. If there's and a then,
1: Brazilian drag queen who ever did a KUKA-inspired set, I feel like Lucas and I would be there to watch.
0: Oh, I, God. dude, I'd be there too. Drag Race is my favorite show outside of Survivor. Ever? Fun fact. Oh. Uh, I'm not I, even kidding. Outside of cartoons. cartoons it's hard to compare yeah. the two. Um, See, I race, love Drag I have, Race.
1: I have a weird relationship with Drag Race. And this is going to be an off-air conversation that we can have afterwards. But yeah like i basically it's over over-satur- uh oversaturated i feel like it's like there's so many shows and it's hard to keep up with and it's kind of just like a money-making machine more than an h- art form anymore but that's my well, interesting
0: i lived in portland I, for two years and uh there's a lot of people that i know that were into it and part of it i've been part of one myself and uh it was a lot of fun all the experiences i had <laughs> but it was a very I surface level the, involvement
1: yeah no i enjoy the show for what it is but i also think RuPaul is like more in it for the money than like art anymore.
0: Yeah, oh, well sure. that's a fair take. And it's interesting though, there is no drag race Brazil yet. Uh which there's a lot of Brazilian queens though. Like the yeah. like, drag is very popular in Brazil. Well because one of them was on the Queen of the Universe show, which was uh the singing competition that they did. Um, was it Pablo she... Vittar? No, it was drag Queen. Okay. Um, Pablo Vittar
1: is like low-key like a DC list celebrity in Brazil, I think.
0: Okay, interesting. So. Well, see, it feels like there would be the people and possibly the market for it. And I could totally see somebody doing a kooka look on the show if it was ever a thing. So, hey, make that happen, uh, Drag Race franchise. I, I'm, I'm here for There's it. There's going to be a Brazilian one soon. You just wait. RuPaul wants that money.
1: I will say. <laughs> th- th- I went to when he's walk. not fracking, he's making money off of Drag Race.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, whoa! <laughs> oh, Okay, that's a good that's spot funny. to transition. Luke, yeah. Did you have another thing, Lucas? Hey, I was just going to say, I actually went to a drag show in Monterey kind of recently, and there was someone named DM Tina, and they played like a Willy Wonka remix for their song, and it was so awesome. It was so, 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 so cool. Yeah. Oh, great. Love it. <laughs> that's okay. my story. Uh, we covered so much here today. Now, Felipe, you alluded to a spoiler section, so Should we do I, plugs first? Yeah, just that's, that's a good idea. Because because in case yeah. people need to tap out here. Go ahead. Okay, so... Basically,
1: the Brazilian Dragon Media Empire is a podcast thing that I've been building uh, for two years, but specifically since the start of 2022. Uh, on We have the Dragon Babies feed. So if you're already listening to Gravity Bros, that's awesome because they have a great feed. Beautiful cover art. If I do. And also, let's just talk about your theme song. Like, a banger, huh. if I do say so myself.
0: So shout out, <laughs> Tess. No. Uh, yeah, so Tessa's our artist, and I, artist. Should, I i always say our artist. Like, she doesn't belong to us. I don't know if I should be using that phrase, but yeah. she's an incredibly talented graphic artist who has worked on several of our things, and I'm very, yeah. very grateful that she has helped us uh, with it. Yeah. But she didn't do the theme song. That's someone else. Correct. Actually, that's a—that's um, uh, how do you say it? public domain. Music. Okay. But actually, she was the one that found it for us. So, okay. So, <laughs> more or less. To, it's a
1: banger. I mean, the Gravity Falls theme song is also kind of a banger. Yeah. Um, now, our I saw view-
0: it
1: on, 20th on a Watch Mojo top 20 cartoon theme songs.
0: Nice. Okay. And our YouTube theme song, that is done by a friend of mine, Colin, who did a phenomenal job with that, too. Yes. So, um, anyway. So, Gravity Bros has their own individual
1: podcast feed. But if you want to get like, also the other stuff that we're doing uh that i'm not involved in like i'm more of a producing voice on that uh on sundays we have the the dragon baby's feed has everything gravity bros but also um on sundays we have pretty little liar recaps um and then also i've been releasing the backlog of phineas and fur podcast that we do over on the whatcha doing feed which has its own feed as well and those usually drop wednesdays uh, we've had like I was sick, Will was moving, Will has a wedding now, so like we've been on a little podcast hiatus for the last couple weeks. That's my friends Will and Navi and myself, and you two are also welcome to come on Phineas and Ferb. We're halfway through season two. I forgot how many episodes season two has, so um, it's going to take a a couple more years than I expected, but Phineas and Ferb is a great show, Um, and I feel like it has a lot of similar elements. If you enjoy the comedy of Gravity Falls, you'll enjoy the comedy of Phineas and Ferb. Similar Um,
0: timelines. I was going to say, Phineas and Ferb and Gravity Falls were not that far off when they were released. Well, Phineas and Ferb was early, but it hung around by the time Gravity Falls started, I think.
1: Yeah, and it's a lot of, like, the self-referential humor that I think Gravity Falls enjoys. But then, over on the Brazilian Dragon podcast feed itself, the Brazilian Dragon homepage uh, is everything that I do. And I just like to talk about, like nostalgia content that we grew up on so if you're like a late 90s early 2000s kid that's like kind of like the sweet spot so this last week on tuesday we released jimmy Neutron: boy genius to uh, the movie recap um we're also doing we want to be famous a total drama rewatch podcast which you both are booked for future episodes um and that has its own feed as well but we also have like we talk about disney channel original movies on there we do the scooby-doo podcast Uh, high school musical the musical the series when it comes back we'll be recapping those we do the unhinged movies with naomi um so like if you want to watch a bad movie watch james and the giant peach or Stuart little because those movies are so boring
0: Uh, oh i'll bet some people feel attacked i remember (laughs) both of those but i don't remember them being good so boring and uh people like james and the giant Stuart
1: little was my dropkick award character because he was so pretentious that a little mouse can be yeeted across the city <laughs> of new york city
0: oh i gotta watch that you sold me i'm going to yeah, check that so, out later
1: so and also recently i released individual feeds for the Neo movies pod talk jam and break which is the high school musical the musical show um and scooby-doo so those have individual podcast feeds if you're just looking for those but at the end of the day, regardless of what you subscribe to, if you could go on Apple Podcasts, give five stars to the Brazilian Dragon and all the different podcast channels that we have, it would help people find the show, um, do it with Gravity Bros as well, which let yeah, me tell so you, we need to talk... talk about Gravity Falls to my friends who like know that I have podcasts but don't know. And I would be like, yeah, I was watching Gravity Bros last night and they were like, huh? I was like, so I say Gravity Bros as Gravity Falls more often than I say Gravity Falls as Gravity Brothers.
0: Nice. Oh, we're having that impact. I love it.
1: That's awesome. Um, cool. I am well, like on social media at WhatTheFleep and in the D- Hester Brothers Discord as well.
0: Nice. Uh, you've got so much going on. And uh, props to you for putting that much work into your career. Sorry, one
1: more plug. What? I might be on an RHAP podcast. Come and see if you like Survivor and you like talking about, like, uh, queer representation or representation in general, but this one's supposedly a pride podcast. So look out for that in June. Organized by the Great Grace.
0: Fantastic. Okay. Um, only plug for us is to rate our podcast too. Uh, you know, we do the rest of the And your YouTube
1: channel because now you have premium content over there. So plug that.
0: Uh-huh, that is true. Uh, if you're looking to become a member of our channel, uh, we Lucas and I would appreciate the extra people getting involved. There are some cool perks there. You can get access to our super secret spreadsheet, which uh, gives you, you know, an idea of kind of the things that we've got cooking in the background. So Yeah. Uh, and the more it? membership contributions we have, the more time Lucas can spend editing, and we all want that. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. What's your a- editor app of choice? Is it Adobe uh, Premiere? Is it Avid? What I use Filmora. Okay. Yeah. What Do you use, use... Okay. Yeah. Do you, do you use Oh, Oh, for a podcast, I use Audition. Like, oh, I'm, nice. I'm a basic boy, but uh, in college, we had to familiarize ourselves with Premiere and uh, Avid. They were like, those are the industry yeah. standards. And I'm like, ah sucks for you i don't want to be an editor
0: yeah gotcha. premiere is, is a standard option yeah i, I like i feel more. like
1: avid i think is what they use for some like reality shows from what i understand like someone yeah like i met a big brother editor at a bar a couple months ago and he said they use avid so
0: really interesting yeah, wow interesting yeah. all right well that's okay we're but, gonna now break here if anybody is unspoiled you can go ahead and take off now um let's move into some spoiler talk which we haven't done before and felipe what what have you got to talk about for us today so
1: my first thing is 10 years down the line do dipper and mabel still think about gravity falls does mabel keep in touch with her friends like or was this like a one-time summer camp experience and then like because i'll be honest i don't talk to anyone that i went summer camp with
0: yeah i don't talk to anybody well okay but you, you you would talk to your sibling though
1: at least yeah, they would talk together, but like, yeah, they went through this, like, I mean, they did go through this paranormal activity at this in this town, but I feel like 10 years down the line, it might be more like, oh, that's a thing we did more than like, oh, like, these are like this was this life-changing event but i don't know, you know i don't know
0: it? man all of the really crazy paranormal experiences i've had have had a very lasting <laughs> impression on my life and they weren't half as crazy as what they were dealing with so i don't yeah. know
1: <laughs> Yeah, um, that
0: part of it will stick around for sure but then i wanted to like bring up like
1: so i might have made the mistake of going on the gravity brother uh, gravity fall again gravity falls reddit accidentally when i was googling like so the the episode Dipper versus manu- manliness. And you talked a lot about like toxic masculinity in that episode. But I was like, is there like some sort of queer coding in this? So I wanted to research that. And then I ended up on the re- Reddit. And can we talk about this theory that I feel like a lot of people had based on it? Uh, that like Dipper is a trans bisexual man. Tell Whoa. me.
0: I have not heard this theory.
1: I, I just stumbled upon it on the Reddit. I was like, wait, is this actually a thing? Like do people like, is this like canon? Like um, and then uh, that's just something that like I saw and it was like that wendy was also like confirmed bisexual so it was like this show is very queer um and you've talked about the
0: cops which a cab but well, i mean you know, like- i wouldn't <laughs> be surprised i mean alex hirsch clearly is <laughs> you know somebody who's into writing that into his shows i think that he would probably yeah. I, I would not be surprised if he was trying to get away with way more than he was allowed to
1: okay yeah that's the that's like the that was basically my question it was like definitely is this actually like is this something you're aware of is this something that like is like common knowledge, and I just came to the show. that Owl
0: House is my answer to that. Okay. Is, you... that, is that
1: his partner who created that, or is that a different show that they created? I believe
0: it is his partner that created
1: okay.
0: it. Okay. And yeah. absolutely... Dana Terrace is the creator of Owl House, okay. and I don't know. I know that and they work I know on the show Moose together. This is, like, a bisexual Latino
1: woman, or I don't remember. Watch the show. We're not going to spoil anything for anyone. Oh, I thought that was the first episode thing. My bad. No, no, <laughs> no. Not
0: necessarily.
1: <laughs> um, I mean, everyone yeah, so kind of knows just, about
0: it, but it's fine.
1: <laughs> but that was like, so yeah, I wanted to know it's like Dipper queer coded in any way. Like, and Wendy, I think he confirmed is bisexual later in the show or like oh. out, outside properties or whatever. But um, and then the last thing I want to say, which could have been in the non-spoiler section, y'all haven't talked about the voice cast. When I found out that Linda Cartaquini, as I call her, um, Linda <laughs> yes, I know. voices Wendy, I fell out of my chair. I was like, Alec, you had one job. She's she's Velma. You had to let me know.
0: I know. So, Felice, it's That's funny Velma? that you say that.
1: In the live action.
0: I straight... The oh, in live, okay, live action. Velma. Still, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. I know. So, I actually had a blip where I talked briefly and just said, oh, hey, uh, I should mention how awesome all the voice actors are, but I don't know them all off the top of my head, yeah. and I didn't pull it up. But I ended up editing it out because it sounded sloppy, and we talked over each other a little bit. So, this is a spoiler session. J.K. Simmons...
1: He's a great voice actor. He's in Quora. Like, I, I appreciate that they're letting him flex his voice acting chops.
0: See, I great. mean, Dipper himself is played by Jason Ritter. Um
1: I know that name,
0: but I can't tell you what he's in. See, I knew him from a show called The Event, that was one of my favorites, and it it didn't go anywhere. People like I know I, I can't remember event. her name off
1: the top of my head, but uh I think Kristen Gar Shar? The the woman who voices Mabel.
0: Um Again, I don't know them all off the top of my head. I hate she's, to say she's it. She's a famous a voice fan. actor, um, and
1: Lucas Chris and I. I, don't I, know. I have I'll to admit, good. Lucas
0: and I are bad with voice actors in general. Well, Lucas is—you know voices, but you don't necessarily like know the name behind them. And I, know, I, I just can't remember names. I can remember but, faces really well, but not names. And I know names better than faces. Yeah, between yeah. the two of us, she's, she's also Louise Belcher.
1: Um, if you watch Bob's Burgers, Kristen Shaw. That's who you're talking about. Yeah. Uh the, the Triceratops in the Toy Story franchise? Yeah. Not, not Rex. But... She does
0: Sarah Lynn from uh, BoJack Horseman too. Yeah, she's a famous voice actress. The whole voice cast really does such a phenomenal job and, uh, you know, Alex Hirsch himself voices Grunkle Stan, which I don't know if we've talked about at any point. Um, but and, and, you know, they've had different um, guest stars coming and going. I'm not going to spoil who J.K. Simmons' character is, by the way, because uh, that's going to be a spoiler. Oh, wait, we're in the uh, spoiler section. We can he plays Uncle the Stan. author. Oh, yeah, yeah. Grunkle Stan is Alex Horsch and J.K. Simmons is uh, Ford Pines. But anyway, um, I guess that's about it. Uh, do you have anything else that you wanted to add? Either one of you, really? Um, I mean, I want
1: to know what your spoiler thoughts are. Since we're here, I mean, yeah. I can probably text you on the side. But like, is there anything that you've been wanting to say since, and now you have the opportunity
0: to do it? All I want to talk about is Bill Cipher. That is the hardest part of this podcast because he's like my favorite character in the series. And like and we've seen him so many times already. Just subtly. We see in this episode. Yeah, we do. There's Easter you mentioned that
1: everywhere. like blended was in all the past episodes. Like I did not know that. Yeah. Like and so it, like I, I did not like let me be honest, I watched this after coming home from the Survivor Party last night. So I was like tired. So I was just like, I'm gonna watch this and so I was not paying the closest attention. Oh yeah. Well there's um, lots of little
0: details. So maybe I'll rewatch it again. But yeah, like, we can't talk about how, like, Bill Cipher's literally in the intro theme song, too, and how sick that is. Man, yeah. if somebody, like, I- stopped paying attention and forgot to notice that this was the spoiler section, I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in for this discussion. This was really fun, uh, Felipe. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh-
1: thank you for having me, and I uh, thank you for introducing me to the show. This, like, wonky, weird-ass, fun, comedic show.
0: I can't wait to do more stuff in the future. Um, yes,
1: y'all are both welcome on the Scooby Doo podcast, on the Naio movie, on anything on the Brazilian Dragon. Like, if you're a secret High School Musical, the musical, the musical, the series fans, and you want to talk about Ricky and Olivia Rodrigo and all that drama, feel free to hit me up as well. How did but, you
0: know? No, I'm just kidding.
1: Uh, how
0: did you know? I mean,
1: Lucas seems like he would be an Olivia Rodrigo sour listener. <laughs>
0: great song we're talking it about so the good. music that's a completely different thing yeah I don't know I can't say anything about the movie but I, I can get down O-Rod, to some music O-Rod heads stand up um, <laughs> uh,
1: hey. yeah, any of the podcasts we're doing I know you both are coming on total drama soon so
0: yeah cool alright well goodbye everyone we'll see you next time Have yes